We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to the Bear Report Podcast with Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears for the Bear Report website. The podcast is powered by Overtime Media. Now, here's Zach and Aaron. And welcome back into another edition of the Bear Report Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Zach Pearson. I'm joined, as always, by co-host and Bears insider, Aaron Lemming. Aaron, how are you doing? Doing all right, man. It's getting uh, getting a little warm over here, or kind of. So, well, you know, it, it is what it is. Summer over here is not a good thing. I know it is for you guys, but it's yes, definitely it <laughs> not for not for me over here. Yeah, it's a, it's a little warmer in the Chicago area, as many of our listeners are probably in that area and can feel the weather, uh, how hot it is outside. But not hot, but I think it got up to 70 yesterday, and now uh, as we're recording this, 70 today on Tuesday. But we're expecting a little uh, nastier weather the rest of the week. But we only have a couple weeks left of the NFL draft, Aaron. I mean, can you believe it? We've made it this far. I remember us talking in, what, at the end of January how uh, the next big thing in the NFL offseason is free agency in the draft, and here we are. Well, all things considered, I think it's, at least for me, it's been a pretty quick offseason. I mean, it's it's one of those things, I mean, especially, you know, we've talked about this a few times, but being a White Sox fan, it's like, ah, you know, you, you, there is no such thing as baseball season. It's basically football season ends, and then it just gets hot, and, you know, things get kind of boring until football season starts up again. So, it's I think all things considered, I mean, man, we're already... Well, we're already in April. I mean, so by the time the draft gets over, which is a little over two weeks away, and then, you know, you got the undrafted free agents signings that'll happen right after that. And then right after that, they got rookie minicamp and all that stuff kicks off. And then we'll have the, the dead period for what, a month, month and a half. But I mean, it's I think things are going to go by quickly because as soon as the draft's over, you got, you know, all the minicamp stuff. And then by the time that's over, then you got a little over a month and then you're right in the preseason. So or or the training camp and preseason. So it's. I think it's going to be, I don't know, I could, I could be wrong. Maybe this is a little optimistic on my part, but I think it's going to be a pretty quick uh, turnaround after the draft in terms of, you know, how it feels before we can actually talk about real football again. Yeah, next thing you know, we'll be talking about those hot summer days in Bourbon A and training camp. And then, uh, as you said, preseason. And speaking of preseason, the Bears actually uh, revealed their opponents today for the preseason. It gives us a little schedule news. Um, I believe the rest of the schedule will be dropped sometime next week. They usually do it, I think, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. It's kind of changed. Um, but it's always the week before the draft. But, yeah, the Bears are going to open up the preseason actually at home against Carolina. They're going to go week two at New York, week three at Indianapolis, and week four again 
um, versus Tennessee at Soldier Field to kind of wrap it up. And, you know, kind of my quick takeaways before we get into all of our NFL draft stuff is um, I'm looking at the New York Giants game. I think that's a good opportunity for possibly a uh, joint practice like they did in Denver last season. And then um, just kind of look at the schedule. The home fans aren't going to get a lot of the starters in this preseason because they'll be at home week one. So you'll see them for a couple series, if that. And then week four, you won't see them at all. Yeah. Um, you know, it's one of those things like I'll be excited when preseason comes around. Quite frankly, I don't care about the schedule. I don't care who they play because none of it really matters. But I, it, it is somewhat unfortunate, but at least, you know, at least they're uh, they're in a position where, one, they're not going to be playing the London game. You know, that won't take away from a home game and then they'll be opening up week one. But yeah, I don't know, man. It's one of those things. I got my own feelings on preseason and mainly just for like I, I like preseason and, you know, I like the bottom of the roster and getting to watch all that stuff. But I, I still don't like the fact that they're charging fans even as much as they are for preseason games. And it's just it's like, I mean, let's be real. I, I don't think a lot of people want to go watch, you know, a series or two of the, the starters that, you know, half of the starters probably still won't even play due to, you know, whatever injuries or whatever it is. And then we, you know, the, the, the final preseason game, it's more of one of those. You're just kind of holding your breath, making sure nobody gets injured. And at the same time, you're kind of like, all right, this needs to get over because we got a week and a half till the season after that and cuts and all that stuff. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's kind of a anticlimactic thing anyway. But, you know, it's definitely there's not going to be a lot of fun to be had at Soldier Field in, in week one or week four of the preseason. That's for sure. Yeah, I don't get the whole charging fans and I don't get. To be honest, nothing against our fans or fans that listen on the podcast, but if you're paying for a ticket to go to that final preseason game, uh, you must be a diehard fan. That, or I guess it is an opportunity to maybe take your family because sometimes during the regular season, it does get a little expensive, but yeah, I'm not really a fan of preseason football. I, I, I have to go when they play because you know we do cover the team, but other than that, I mean, I guess the, the best way to look at this is games two and three are going to be on the road, and those are the ones that kind of matter in the preseason for how the Bears look but as we saw last year Matt Nagy didn't even play his starters in that week three game so who knows um yeah we have a lot in the show we're going to focus on the NFL draft um some running backs talk about the Zach Miller news today and then also uh our old friend Robbie Gold was in the news again or I should say his team his current team was in the news again about him today before we get into all of that let's hit our first break and be right back The Old West is an iconic period of American history. I'm Chris Wimmer. Join me on the Legends of the Old West podcast to hear the true stories of lawmen like Wyatt Earp, Bass Reeves, and the Texas Rangers, outlaws like Jesse James and Butch and Sundance, and Native American battles of the Lakota, Comanche, and Apache. We use cinematic storytelling and sound design to bring these stories and many more to life. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. And welcome back into the Bear Report podcast. Um, yeah, Aaron, so some news, not broke, but some news came out today that um, Zach Miller, well, he was awarded the Ed Block Courage Award um, as voted on by his teammates for the Chicago Bears and was honored today. And then, um, you know, he met, to the, he met the media and he said he hasn't given up on his football playing career just yet. We'll make a decision around training camp. What did you kind of make of uh, Miller's comments today when he did meet the media? 
Well, I mean, first of all, congratulations to him. Uh, I think it's been an absolute inspiration, regardless if he ever plays again. Just the fact that, I mean, he could have very easily have lost his leg and the fact that he's done everything that he's done. Uh, but I, I think the biggest thing to take away here is, okay, he still wants to play. I get that. He's 34 years old, 33, 34, somewhere in there. Either way, I mean, he's he's getting up there in age. He's had a lot of injuries. But he talked about it today and said he still has pain when he when he runs and does different things. I mean, let's just be realistic about this here. He's not going to play football again, and it's just not going to happen. I mean, and and I hope, you know, for his personal sake, uh, personal sake, I hope he does not play football again because it's just going to take one small injury with that knee, and he's going to be right back in the same position. And I don't want to see him or his family have to go through that. So. I mean, it's it's cool that he still wants to play. I I'm sure he absolutely does, but I, I think it's it's just not remotely realistic to expect him to play at this point. Yeah, I'm with you on that too. And I remember that injury happening a couple of years back and, and against Saints. And I mean, I you know for him to make that recovery and to be you know able to do what he does now is just almost kind of like a miracle. I mean, we heard the story that he could have lost his leg um, if they didn't get him there in time. And yeah, I don't think he's gonna play again. Um, you know, I'm, I, 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 if he did play, I'd, it'd be awesome. It'd be an incredible story. But like you said, you know, for his own, for his own sake and his own health, I, I don't think he should. It'd be shocking to see him play again. But it was nice to see him get voted on, you know, for the Ed Block Courage Award by his teammates. Everyone in that locker room loves him. He's always at Hallis Hall. I've, I've seen him around doing film work, things like that, around the team last year when he couldn't play. And he's just all around just a good guy. And, you, and, and, and even if he doesn't return – to the roster I could see the Bears kind of making him maybe you know in a special advisor role or, or, or very like an assistant to the coaches things like that I could see that um in his future yeah and that's and that's kind of the thing I think ultimately he's going to be around the Bears organization for a while and he absolutely deserves to be and I hope that happens uh and I guess the other aspect I mean like I think it's pretty established that both of us don't see him playing I don't think anybody really sees him playing I don't think he sees himself playing I think you know as much as he wants to I mean there's a lot of stuff that we all want to do that we just know is not possible or not likely to happen uh the one thing you know kind of before we get away from this or whatever and we go on to the draft that uh is worth addressing is there was something that came out on I want to say it was uh, spot rack uh, the one of the cap uh, tracking websites uh, I think it was like the 21st of March there was a reported uh, it was reported that basically he'd signed a new one-year deal uh, ultimately no that's not what happened he is under contract with the Bears but basically what he did is he signed a split contract where uh, last year where it was a situation where if he was on the roster on the active roster whatever it was he would have made a certain amount but because he signed the deal, we all knew he wasn't going to play. He knew he wasn't going to play. The Bears knew he wasn't going to play. Because he signed the deal and he went on PUP, uh, he got, I think it was like $540,000 or whatever. So basically he got paid uh, as like a, you know, a veteran type to be on the roster, or basically be on the PUP list. He took, took up a roster spot, uh, but he did get paid as a player, got all the player benefits. He was able to rehab all that stuff. We all know the story. And ultimately, because he was put on PUP and he was on PUP until after week six, he was on there the whole entire year, his contract actually moved over to this year. And I'm, I'm drawing a blank on the exact term uh, of what it is, but basically it's a contract in every player's deal where, and it's much like Ryan Shea's year, uh, and there was another player that had it happen as well. I think it was Teddy Bridgewater had it happen uh, two years ago with Minnesota where 
because of how things happened, because he was on the pup list past week six and he was still on the roster, uh, basically what ended up happening is his contract moves to this year. So, again, it carries over to this year. Uh, he gets another year of accrued service time under his belt. So that way that that basically that price goes up. But it's still a split contract to where he would make nine hundred and twenty thousand dollars if he was on the active roster, which we know is not going to happen. Uh, and if he ends up going on pup or they put him on IR or whatever they end up doing with him, then he'll end up making I think it's right around six hundred forty or six hundred fifty million. Same thing. He'll have all the team benefits. Uh, he'll have better health coverage. He'll be able to rehab with the team. He'll be able to be in team meetings. He'll be able to act just like he is as a player. Um, so I guess we'll see what happens. But I mean, regardless of the fact, it was a great thing uh, that the Bears did last year and that it carried over into this year. But like he pointed out too, and what he said today is, I mean, at some point, uh, probably around training camp, he's going to have to make a decision. Um, it, it, I mean, clearly he's not going to play. It's just as simple as that. So whether he takes this last year and he counts as 640,000 against a cap on the pup list and, you know, one less roster spot on the 90 man roster, big deal. Uh, either way, I mean, he, he's going to make some sort of money. And if he retires and that comes off the, you know, that'll come off the cap. But I think it would be smart to at least let him have one more, you know, one more season of being able to do what he's going to do. And then they can move him into a role. But I just figured I'd kind of throw that contract out there uh, is, you know, just kind of a, just kind of a, you know, for what it's worth type of thing, because he didn't sign a new deal and it was just the way that it all happened and the way that contracts are structured and with the clauses in there, it was a carryover from last year because he was on the pup uh, list past week six. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because actually there's a couple of people on the bear report um, forums that were asking about that. And it does get a little confusing, um, especially for those who like to keep track of the salary number and where the bears are at, how much free um, space they have especially in the free agency period this year and then even going into next year. So I'm kind of glad you uh, broke that down there. Um, but yeah, let, let's actually talk about a former bear that was also in the news today. You know, going into this free agency period, when the 49ers put that tag on Robbie Gold, I think a lot of Bears fans kind of shut the door on his chances to return to the Bears, um, you know, with the 49ers making that move. But today, there was some news with the 49ers that they were interested in Steven Goskowski, the kicker. Um, who eventually would resign with the uh, New England Patriots later on in the day. But when that report came out that Robbie Gold hasn't signed the tender and the 49ers are showing interest in other veteran kickers, I think that door kind of squeaked open a little bit for his return. What did you kind of make of that news today, Aaron? Well, I, I think there's absolutely still some sort of possibility because, I, I mean, let's just look at the look at the situation, even with the Goskowski stuff. I mean, the Patriots and Goskowski being going back, what is this? It's, what, today's April 9th, free agency essentially opened eight, or March 11th. So it's been, really, I mean, it's it's been damn near a month. And I, I, I think when you look at it and you see, okay, you know, I, I think the Patriots want a Goskowski back probably at their own price. I think part of this was leveraging and saying, hey, we're talking San Francisco, you know, he has other interests and maybe that kind of helps New England along say, okay, maybe we need to bump up our price. Uh, but I think the other aspect of this too is the fact that the, you know, the 49ers already signed another kicker. I can't even remember who it is. I don't even know if he's taken an NFL game. Uh but, I mean, they signed him, what was it, a few weeks ago, and that probably means nothing. It uh, could be a camp. Uh, Jonathan Brown. Exactly. So they, they signed somebody, you know, kind of wondered why would they do that. But I think what this is showing is that, you know, John Lynch talked at the Combine, and he said that they'd had talks, and ultimately 
Uh, talks didn't go far enough, so they tagged him because they wanted him, and basically talks were dead. And at least, you know, everything that we've seen since has been the exact same. Uh, you know, I won't say that this is 100% true information. What I will say is I've talked to a few different people who have all said the same thing. Robbie Gold wanted to come back to Chicago. I don't know the Bears' level of interest with that. I would assume that there would have been some, if not a lot, you know, all things considered. But I think it's pretty clear right now that Robbie Gold wants to come back to Chicago. And I think that the second choice would be sign him to a long-term deal if you're the 49ers, right? You know, it's it's one of those things you still have a lot of money. Um, I think the, the big thing with Gold right now, and he's talked about this, is the fact that He's tired. He, he's been living in a hotel the last two years in San Francisco or, you know, Santa Clara or whatever it is. And his family is still back in Chicago. It's one of those things he wants to have his long term destination, whether, you know, for the next three or four years figured out. And I, I don't think that's too much to ask. I mean, Robbie Gold has been one of the best kickers in the league over the last few years. He may not have as strong of a leg as he did and he may not do kickoffs anymore, but he's still a fantastic kicker. I mean, he missed one field goal all season. So. I think it's one of those situations where the 49ers are obviously not feeling his price tag. I don't know where that would be, at least from everything that I was told going into the season uh, or going into the offseason that he was going to be looking for right around four, four and a half million dollars. I don't think that's overly unreasonable, especially when you look at all the amount of kickers out there uh, that have, you know, have signed sense or the amount of kickers in general that simply don't pan out. I mean, it's just one of those things I think. If the 49ers consider themselves remotely contenders, I think they would be stupid not to just offer gold that kind of money. I mean, they're they're paying a fullback almost $5 million a year. What, why not pay a kicker $4 million? But I think when you look at it, it's just one of those situations where, like you said, I think the doors creaked open a little bit. Obviously, the Bears are going to have tryouts tomorrow. Um, Brad Biggs reported that. Uh, I think it was the, the end of last week. They're going to have Young-Ho Koo in. And I think they're also going to have Nick Rose, and there was some speculation that there was going to be another guy from the AAF as well. So, I mean, they're obviously still looking at their situation with the kicker. Um, they have no guaranteed money invested in any of these guys right now. I mean, let's just say Robbie Gold was available for a pick right now, uh, and the Bears you know, gave him a seventh-round pick or maybe you know, a next year's sixth-round pick, and they got him. I mean, they have the money to sign him because they still have right around $17.7 million in cap space. Uh, and they don't have anything tied up in any of these other kickers outside of Cody Parkey. Uh, you know, he's going to have the four, $4 million dead hit uh, on this year. But, I mean, when you look at it, I mean, it still makes a lot of sense. I think it's just more one of those situations. Are the are the 49ers going to part with Robbie Gold before they have another you know, before they have another option? I can't see any way that they're going to rescind the tag unless they have another option there. And I'd also have to imagine that the only way that they're going to trade him is if they, they feel comfortable with a kicker in the draft. I don't know what they've done in terms of, you know, looking at kickers, but I, I think there's definitely, there's still something there, but I think if the bears were to make a move on somebody like gold, it's gotta be, I would say before the draft is over at this point. Yeah. It kind of feels like, you know, when John Lynch, did put that tag on Robbie Gold. It, it was almost, in a way for me, it was kind of like, okay, you know, um, Gold wants to be in Chicago. We know Gold wants to be in Chicago. It's pretty obvious. And the, the casual fan can see it if you follow um, Robbie Gold on Instagram or Twitter. Um, he's always posting photos. I mean, heck, he was at the Bears-Eagles playoff game. Um, so to me, it was kind of like John Lynch's way of saying, all right, Chicago, you need a kicker. You want to come get him? Come get Robbie Gold. Give me a pick. Let me get a pick out of this deal. 
And, you know, when that door kind of closed for me and a lot of Bears fans, um, I, I kind of moved on because, you know, Ryan Pace, is he's doing what he said he's going to do. He's exploring all avenues to try finding a kicker, whether it's the draft, whether it's free agents, whether it's AAF kickers, uh, these tryouts he's had now twice. This will be the third one, I believe, on Wednesday. He's doing all that. The only avenue he has ex- explored is a trade for a kicker. And like you said, if that does happen, you know, before the draft, I'm – in favor of bringing Robbie Gold back. I'm not giving up any pick of value to get him back, though. I don't think Pace would either. I think, and when I say picks of value, obviously, I'm not, I don't think, I don't really consider a seventh rounder as a, a pick of, you know, a lot of value. Because especially when you have two of them, I think if you can get rid of one to get Gold, go ahead. That's fine. They go ahead, do it, or draft a kicker with that. I'm totally fine with that. I'm with you. I think the door is a little, a little open still. I think it's squeaked open. Um, I do think if the Bears do make a move, it's going to be soon before the draft. Um, if not, you know, I believe the 49ers would have to just outright cut gold for them to be available. Yeah, well, it wouldn't really be a cutting situation. It would just simply be they, re- they you can resend the tag. I mean, and that's – we saw that happen with Josh Norman a few years ago where basically he said, I'm not signing this, and they rescinded it. And it could be a situation with gold, too, where he says, you know, if you don't give me a long-term deal – uh, I'm not signing this. And the thing to keep in mind with that is that the deadline for that is going to be in July where uh, they, you know, basically if you tag a player, you only have until a certain point in July to be able to come to a long-term deal. So I, it'll be interesting. I mean, I I honestly get 100% where Robbie Gold's coming from. He made it pretty well known. I mean, look at his Twitter right now. If you go, if any of you guys go and look at his Twitter right now, you will see nothing but bear stuff, whether it's retweets from the NBA, the NBC Sports Chicago stuff, uh, whether I mean everything in Chicago involved on his timeline right now, it's very clear where he wants to be. Uh, I th- I personally think the Bears would open him back with open arms, and I think that they can make something work. And I think he would actually take less money to come back uh, as well, because I think there's some value in 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 that as well. But I I, I do think it's still probably not very likely at all. Um, maybe we're having this conversation for absolutely zero reason, but I do think that there's at least something to talk about and something to kind of keep in mind for the next few weeks until the draft happens. Because like you said, you don't want to give up any pick of value. I mean, I'm not giving up if I was right pace, I'm not giving up, you know, a a fifth round pick from this year by any means, but I would give up, you know, a seventh round pick this year, or a a six next year, whatever it may be, because the reality is you're probably not going to get anybody of worth there anyway. And especially when you have two seventh round picks, like you pointed out, but I will have to see. I mean, it's, I, I think it's, I think it's at least worth monitoring just because I think it's pretty clear at this point that, You've got two sides that are that are trying to make each other budge right now. Whether whether or not the the it was more of a beneficial thing for maybe Goskowski's camp that that was leaked today, or maybe it was simply uh, the 49ers saying, "Hey, you know, we're we're weighing other options. You either sign the tag, agree to our deal, or whatever." I, I don't know. I, I don't really know what their what their plan was because I mean, you look at it right now, and outside of Kai Forbath, uh, there's not really any good veteran options out there kicker and like i said unless they feel comfortable with somebody in the draft or maybe they don't feel that they're they're as close as they think they are uh i still don't think they're going to get rid of him but it's definitely going to be something to monitor over the next few weeks yes it will and you know another thing to monitor over the next couple of weeks going into the draft is uh the bears meetings with prospects i know you you have a tracker um that's a google drive sheet we have a track on the bear report form and the one thing I took away to kind of transition now into this NFL draft talk is the Bears have met with a lot of damn running backs so far. Fifteen. Yeah. 15. And then I think they have eight eight private visits out of those fifteen. I mean, yeah, they're they're doing their work for sure. 
They're definitely doing their homework, and you know, after that Jordan Howard trade now, it, it becomes even more important to do that homework. The Bears are drafting a running back. Now, we discussed it a little bit last week on the podcast. Whether they do that in the third round or the fourth round um, is the other question. I, I think a lot of people out there think, okay, you got to draft a running back at number 87 overall in the third round. Um, it's, it's a big position of need. I don't disagree. I think it is a big position of need. But if there's one thing that Ryan Pace is stuck to in his tenure here with the Bears, he's going best player available. And if that in, in at 87, if there's a best player available, that's let's say a tight end, a defensive back, a safety, and maybe another edge rusher, I wouldn't be shocked to see him go that route and then look for his running back in the fourth round. Yeah, I think I, I think when you're when you're looking here, I, I think needs are pretty clear for the Bears right now. Obviously, running back is a need, kicker's a need. You're not going to spend a third round pick on a kicker. We've talked about this. But I, I, I do think when you're looking, I, I don't know. I guess it's going to kind of depend how edge rusher falls. Uh, I don't think edge rusher is going to be as big of a focus as maybe some people do. I mean, if somebody's there, obviously. I think defensive back is is a position, and you, you talk about you know the draft tracker and who they've met with. I think defensive back is, is is definitely a position to keep an eye on because they've met with defensive backs. Uh, just kind of give you some names here: Chris Boyd, who's projected anywhere from third to fifth round pick. They got a few guys: Jimmy Moreland, Xavier Crawford, Kadar Holman. Uh, don't really know much about those guys. One guy you pointed out before we started this uh, the podcast: Mark Fields from Clemson, who ran pretty damn quick. And then over that on the dude, he ran a four three forty at the combine, which is just insane for me for a defensive back. Yeah, I mean it's and that's kind of the thing. I mean they're obviously doing. I mean and that was a private workout, or sorry, a private meeting that they have with him. Uh, they met with uh, Monty Hooker, um, defensive back out of Iowa, Sheldrick Redwine, uh, Ugo Amadi uh, from Oregon, kind of a smaller guy, kind of a like a oh man what. I'm just trying to think. I mean, he's he's kind of a he's a versatile guy, but he's kind of smaller. He's kind of a he's a not Roby Coleman. Who's who's it? The the Rams defensive back who just signed a big deal elsewhere uh, that plays safety for him. Lamarcus Joyner. Yeah, Lamarcus Joyner. Joyner. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't. I'm not really a big fan of Joyner, but he's kind of in that mold. But either way, I think if you're if if you're saying okay, you know, maybe they won't take a running back until the fourth round, depending on who their guy is, which is completely plausible, by the way. Uh, I think if you're looking there, you're either looking at tight end, uh, but I think more likely you're looking at a defensive back. I mean, just think about it. As far as safety goes, I mean, they have Eddie Jackson under contract for two more seasons. I don't see any way, shape, or form that they're going to let him go, uh, even if they have the franchise in for a year or two. But outside of that, Ha Ha Clinton Dix is on a one-year deal. Deion Bush is in the last year of his rookie contract, and and uh, uh, DeAndre Houston Carson just signed, you know, one-year vet minimum deal. So. I mean, when you're really looking at that, I mean, there is definitely some, and then even with corners, I mean, they could easily cut Prince of Mukamura and save a ton of money next year. Uh, you know, they can move around Buster Screen, uh, depending on how good he is. Maybe he just becomes expensive depth for one year. I don't know. But the, the point being is there's a lot of flexibility within the defensive backs. And the other thing that we really haven't weighed in on that may be a big thing to them is, is fit. I mean, who knows? Maybe Chuck Pagano wants guys that can play more man than what they have right now. So I, I, I just think that the the door with defensive back as a whole, I know there's been some people that's, oh, they're, they're not going to do anything at defensive back until the later rounds. I've seen quite a few people say that. I don't think that's particularly the case. 
Yeah, I think defensive back is uh, is an option at either the third round or the fourth round um, in this draft. And, and, you know, like I said, it's going to come down to the best player available on Ryan Pace's list. I wouldn't be mad if they went running back, defensive back, third and fourth, or if they went defensive back, running back, um, third or fourth, whatever way it goes. I do think there is a need, like you mentioned, safety. Do we really feel comfortable with DeAndre Houston Carson and Deion Bush having to come in and start um, significant games if there is an injury to Eddie Jackson, Orha, Clinton Dix? And then to go with the quarterback role, yeah, you can save some money on Prince Mukamura's deal by cutting him later um, next season. But also at the same time, are the Bears going to want a guy who can come in and play inside and out? Can he play in the slot and the outside? Or they're going to want a guy that maybe has some versatility that can you know line up in the box, play safety, or play at the cornerback position. It's going to be kind of interesting to see how the Bears attack that, especially with the new defensive coordinator, Chuck Pagano. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think uh... – I mean, there's a few guys on there. Uh, you know, Fields could definitely make some sense. I mean, just talking about guys that they've met with. One that I would absolutely love uh, would be Imani Hooker. Man, Imani Hooker is one of those guys, and, you know, I did, did a scouting report on him. I, I, I Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think that's out yet, right? No, that is actually coming out this week. I didn't want to kind of put yours to, your two back, back to back like that. <laughs> that's totally fair. But, yeah, the one thing I noticed, and Hooker stood out early to me, was and his versatility, whether he's playing a big nickel role, whether he's playing, I mean, he even played some linebacker uh, or strong safety. I mean, he is very instinctive and he's not overly athletic, but he's very instinctive. And from a tech, a technical standpoint, he is spot on. I mean, he's just, he's an Iowa. Uh, he's really, really what it comes down to is an Iowa Hawkeye. And a lot of those guys are just pro ready. And he's one of those guys, I think. James Daniels. Exactly. Chase yep. Daniels. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's there's so many different players out there that step in right away and, and become very good, uh, very good players right off the bat. But I mean, kind of get back to the running back situation. I mean, I, just looking at this meeting tracker, I mean, I, I've got uh, just just to kind of go down the list here. Um, as far as private visits go, you got Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders, uh, Travion Williams, Devil, De- Devil, Devin Singletary, uh, <laughs> Rykel Smith, or however you say his, his first name, Mike Weber, Alexander Madison, uh, and Miles Gaskin are all guys that they've met with uh, privately. Um, you got Miles Sanders they've met with at the Combine. Have pri- they've had a private meeting and a workout with him. Travion Williams, they've met with him at the Combine. Uh had a private uh, meeting with him as well. Uh, met with him at a pro day, and there's, there's, I think there was one other thing because I think there's four times that they met with him. Devin Singletary, the same thing. Combine, pro day, private, and he's, uh, I, I think his private visits actually tomorrow, and then I guess he, he's also had a workout that happened sometime last month. Uh, Armstead. Uh, as a guy that they've had a workout and a private meeting with, uh, Mike Weber, they've had, they were at his pro day where they, they kind of, I, I think it was Matt Nagy was actually one of the ones running drills. They had him in for a private uh, meeting and a workout as well. I mean, there's just, there's so many guys on this list, 15 total running backs, but there's a, there's a multitude of different guys that they have met with multiple times. And we're not even talking two times, you know, at the senior bowl and then they met him at the combine and talked to him for 15 minutes. I mean, we're talking, in-depth meetings they've gone through and worked these guys out. I mean, I think it's pretty clear at this point, and a lot of those names I just mentioned, I mean, those are guys that are projected to go in the third or fourth round. If, if, if I mean, some of these guys may be the second, but point being is, you know, for where the Bears pick, a lot of these guys are projected to go right in that area. And I think that really helps the Bears if this is, you know, it's a deep class. It's not 
like you know I've said before, there's not going to be that generational talent right away. Like a Saquon Saquon Barkley is going to come in and, and just break records. But it's a class where you could have, so say David Montgomery go is the first running back taken, and he's taken late second round. That's going to push other guys back. You know, someone if the Bears are high on Miles Sanders, I know a lot of their fans are. It's it could work out in a way where the Bears, you know, at 87 overall. Oh hey, we didn't think Miles Sanders was be would be available. Um, I don't think Miles Sanders can be available at 87 overall. But you never know with this draft and. It kind of works the other way, too. If there is a running back selected in the first round, it could actually work against the Bears um, as running backs maybe start falling off the board. There's a couple running backs I like in this class, but the ones that you mentioned that have had multiple workouts, um, they're, they're very intriguing. You know, a guy like Mike Weber is a player at Ohio State. You probably see a lot of him on TV, but he hasn't really been the big name in this draft um, going forward from what we've heard, you know, you always hear about Miles Sanders and, and David Montgomery and players like that, even the Alabama running back. But, you know, a guy like that kind of stands out. And then Devin Singletary from FAU, the small school back who uh, we're trying to get on the podcast, spoiler alert, we're trying to get him in for an interview, but you know what the, his means with the bears really tell me, yeah, the bears are really interested in him. Now, is that a smokescreen to maybe kind of take the distraction off another couple other backs? Possibly, but I wouldn't be shocked if Singletary was the pick come number 87. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting because one of the things when you're talking about these running backs, right, you're you're looking at, like, like, like you pointed out, first of all, there is not one elite talent, at least on paper, in this entire class. So, no, everybody's consensus top running back right now is probably Josh Jacobs. Uh, I like Josh Jacobs. He's my number one running back as well, not by as big of a margin as some of these people. But I'll be a, I'll be the first one to say I don't have a first-round grade on any of these running backs. And I do think that that's going to help the Bears. And it was something that Dane Brugler uh, of The uh, Athletic actually pointed out um, in his latest mock, basically said the the running back class, the, the sweet spot for the running back class is very well probably going to start in about the third round. And that's exactly where the Bears want to be because – you have a situation here. You got Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders. Uh, you got David Montgomery, um, Darrell Henderson. Uh, you know, the, I mean, there, there's there's a decent amount of names in there. I, I guess you could throw probably Travion Williams and, and, and Singletary in there as well. Uh, and then uh, the other Damian uh, man. I'm, I'm drawing a blank on his name right now. The other Alabama back. I always want to call him Damian Williams. So that's not it. But either way, there there's going to be good talent available even if it starts at the at the beginning of the third round so it kind of brings up an interesting point where depending on how the they have these guys rated out because you look at a guy like uh, you look at just look at dane brugler's mom and he was somebody i don't know if many remember this or not but he was the only one that had the bears tied to trubisky heavy and we're talking two three weeks before the draft and the one thing I found interesting about his mock draft, and it kind of goes back to your original point about maybe they take somebody else in the third round and they go with some, you know, a running back in the fourth. They had, uh, they had the bear, or he had the Bears taking David Long out of Michigan, the corner in the in the third round, and then turning around and, uh, uh, you know, turning around and taking, I think it was Ryquell, yeah, it was Ryquell Armstead uh, out of Temple in the fourth round. And I'll be honest, I, I've done a pretty good amount of work on this entire running back class. I'm not a big fan of Armstead's fit overall. Uh, I don't think – I think Matt Miller had him uh, – I think he comped him at, like, Jordan Howard. I think he's a little bit more athletic than Jordan Howard, and I think he can catch the ball better than Jordan Howard. But he's also not somebody that I'm looking at and it's like, yeah, this guy's a really good fit. 
I think when I'm looking at guys that are really good fits, and and I think that's kind of the, the big key here is you start with guys who can catch the ball to have a little bit of a burst. I think obviously Josh Jacobs makes sense. He's not going to be there, so I'm not going to talk about him. Miles Sanders can make some sense if he's there. Trevion Williams, like you said, Devin Singletary. The one thing was Singletary that I'm kind of curious on, and you know hopefully we'll have him on the podcast and I can ask him this because when I watch Singletary, I see somebody who's probably better fit for outside zone than he is uh, for a lot of the inside zone and the power stuff that the Bears are doing running between the tackles because he's somebody with great vision. I mean, he has elite vision. He, he's one of those guys that when you watch him on film, it's just like, I mean, you can just see he's he's like two or three steps ahead of every defensive player on the field. It's, it's crazy to watch sometimes. He's really hard to bring down. The one thing that kind of concerns me with him, though, is sometimes it takes a little bit for things to develop for him because of his vision. He's a very patient runner, and that usually lends uh, better to an outside zone uh, type of attack. And the one thing I noticed with him that I'm not really a huge fan of is he doesn't have a great initial burst to me. I think he's kind of one of those guys he kind of gets going when he hits the second level, when he gets – when he gets past the second level, really, uh, you know, and into the open fields, he has a second year that's actually very impressive. But it takes him a little bit to get going. So I think when you're really looking at this entire class, I'll be honest, I'm not really a big fan of Mike Weber. Uh, I think Mike Weber was one of those guys. He looked like he was going to be a great running back after his freshman year. Um, and then things have kind of been inconsistent for him since. But I think you're looking more at fit versus name value. Uh, you're just going to be looking at guys that, you know, maybe maybe the, the people that they have projected, these players that they have projected are more fourth-round picks. I don't know. I don't know what their grades are going to be. But the good news is, is there's going to be, at least in my, with my grades, I have, I think it's a total of like 15 to 17 players that have, I think it's, no, maybe I'm, maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit. Maybe it's like 12. I think I have 12 players with uh, – with fourth round grades are better right now. I don't have my I don't have my grades in front of me, but the point being is there's going to be a lot of guys that are similarly graded, and it's more of a stylistic thing. And I think the big thing right now is I think the Bears are going to be looking for more of an inside runner, somebody between the tackles. That's something that they talked about a lot with Mike Davis, but you also want to see somebody with speed and that can catch. So at least when I'm looking at some of these guys, I think you know you got to have the right profile. But I think a lot of the guys that they met with have that right profile. The only one that I would say that has that profile that they haven't met with, and maybe it's just because he's going to go sooner than they pick, would be Darrell Henderson. Yeah, and you know I kind of tend to agree with you. That they're going to look for more of an inside runner. And the thing with Singletary is he's not overly fast either. He's not that quick in the. The problem with him is he also has a lot of miles on him from college. I believe he had somewhere like 600 um, snaps where he's had contact on. So that's another thing you have to kind of look, keep in mind. Um, you know, when you talk about Henderson, he's he's a guy that a lot of Bears fans like. Um, obviously, we haven't really told anyone this, but we reached out and ta- tried to get him on the podcast, and we we're pretty much told that you know he's not going to be there when the Bears play or when the Bears pick, blah blah blah. Not to kind of get your hopes up unless the Bears would trade down. So you and I have pretty much crossed him off our list. Fair to say. Yeah, I'd say that's I'd say that's fair. I mean, and to be clear, at least what you told me, what the agent said was that the Bears have shown little to no interest at something about the fact that uh, they don't they don't expect them to be there when they pick. Yeah, they've communicated that there's there's little interest in fit and that they don't expect them to be there or something, which is. I, I don't know. That's To me, it's weird. I, I, I mean, obviously, I 100% believe the email. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the agent was just kind of blowing us off. But at the same time, it's like, why would they meet with Josh Jacobs? 
who's projected Correct. to go in the first round, and then you know, but Henderson is out of the question. I don't know. It's kind of weird, but maybe maybe it's a scheme fit, and that's the thing is. We're looking at these guys, and we have our own versions of how we feel. I think that, that Henderson's very versatile. I think he's probably one of the faster, elusive backs in the league. But maybe the Bears look at him and say, you know, he's not a fit. I don't know. But uh, it is worth bringing up because that's something that we kind of have been keeping, you know, under wraps or whatever. But I guess it's kind of worth mentioning. And who knows? Maybe his agent's playing us, and maybe the Bears will trade up and draft him, or maybe he'll somehow follow them in the third round. I don't know. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? Um, yeah, you know, going back to kind of the running back, um, position here with, with these prospects, like I said, I agree. I think they're going to go with more of an inside runner. They're always going to go with someone who could catch out of the backfield. I mean, you look at a lot of these prospects, you know, I feel like it's kind of split on them. Either they're really good out of the backfield as a pass catcher or they're really bad. And the other thing I've noticed is a lot of them have bad grades on being pass blockers, which is something that. Matt Nagy's going to want, and, and as a rookie, you're going to want to come in. If you struggle as a pass blocker, you're not going to see as many reps as you have to work through that. Um, yeah, I, I'd say that those are probably the biggest fits for the Bears looking at those running backs. Um, I want to get into who you think, who's on your list. Before we do that, let's hit our final break. We're going to get Aaron's list, we're going to get my list, and we'll kind of wrap things up with the running back position. And welcome back into the Bearport Podcast. We are discussing running backs and their fits for the Chicago Bears. Um, Aaron mentioned that they've, they've met with over 15 running backs now. Devin Singletary is having his workout with the Bears on Wednesday. We're trying to get Devin on the podcast. We've been in contact. Uh, hopefully that works out. Um, yeah, Aaron, let's get right into this now because I want to know, you know, both of us have our list of running backs and we ranked them. Um, you know, mine is more of who I think is a better fit for the Bears moving forward. Um, here's what we'll do. I'll give my five guys. You give yours. It, it doesn't matter if they're the same guys. They're probably not going to be the same order. Uh, at least I don't think so. Um, all right, I'll go with mine. My one, my number one running back is Miles Sanders out of Penn State. I think ultimately he's he's a quick running back. He doesn't have a lot of miles on him. He's he played behind Saquon Barkley, and if he didn't, you know, if Saquon Barkley wasn't there, I think we'd hear a lot more on Miles Sanders, and he'd probably eventually have a first round grade uh, on him. I like what he can do out of the backfield as well as a, as a pass catcher. Um, just all around, I, I just love his game. I don't know what it is, but I just love it. Um, second, I'm going to go with David Montgomery um, out of Iowa State. And then I'm going to go with um, – oh, God, who was on my – oh, I'm going to go, sorry, with a guy that we mentioned that we don't think is necessarily the best fit, but I still think there's a lot to this because the Bears have met with him. I'm going to go Devin Singletary, Travion Williams, number four, um, and the number five, I'm going to kind of split it if you don't mind, because I think taking a risk on Bryce Love, if the Bears do wait, if there's a situation where they wait to the to maybe the fourth or fifth round um, and he's still there, I think Bryce Love is a guy you may, you might take a chance on. Or even a situation where they do maybe, hey, maybe they go overkill and draft two running backs if Bryce Love is sitting there in the seventh round. Uh, I'm going to split him with uh, guests on the podcast we had, North Dakota State's Bruce Anderson. That's, yeah, I mean, that's that's – pretty solid list i i mean is that the I, exact same list as yours <laughs> no not not quite okay. uh, number okay. one is definitely the same miles sanders I, I i think when you're talking about all around running backs uh and and their skill sets i think sanders absolutely makes the most sense with that being said i think the bears are absolutely gonna have to trade up if they're gonna get him um i don't know if that'll happen i mean like we said he's they've already met with him three different times so i mean there's obviously something to it uh 
Then number two for me is somebody I'm much higher on than a lot of people are right now, Travion Williams. Uh, I just think when you when you watch him on film, I know a lot of people aren't overly enthralled with his lateral ability, and I get that. Uh, I mean, he's he's definitely not somebody who's gonna you know he's he's not gonna make a lot of pretty moves and and stuff like that. But he runs very well between the tackles. He's got home run ability. He's a long strider, so a lot of people will watch him run and they think he's a little slow. Uh, he's also a damn good pass blocker, even for as, as small as he is. Uh, I think he would be a really good fit, and the Bears have met with him quite a bit. Uh, and then going on to number three, Damian Harris. That was who I was trying to think of earlier out of Alabama. He's their the second. Alabama back. Yeah, and, he, and he's not – that's the thing. is like when I look at Damian Harris, I don't see somebody who's overly flashy, uh, anything like that. But what I see with Damian Harris is I kind of see like a, like a Mark Ingram-type player where – He's going to be very good in a complimentary role. He can catch the ball. He can pass block. He's good uh, regardless of what what's blocking scheme you're trying to run. Uh, like I said, he's not overly flashy. He doesn't have a ton of top-end speed, uh, anything like that. But he's got enough to get it done. And I think that he's somebody that's going to be a little underappreciated in the draft class. He's a little under-talked about. He'll probably end up going in the third or fourth round. But he's somebody that I think is actually a pretty good sneaky fit. Uh, going on to number four, Justice Hill out of Oklahoma State. Kind of that same same running back, same style as when you when you're talking about the smaller, uh, faster guys like a Travion Williams or even a uh, Darrell Henderson, which we've you know we're kind of ruling out at this point. I think Hill makes a lot of sense. The Bears actually haven't met with him yet. They met with Miles Gaskin, but I'm not not as big on Miles Gaskin. He kind of also fits in that role. But Hill Hill's definitely one of those guys. He's kind of in that same role as Travion Williams. Maybe he's a little bit more shifty. Um, but he's not as good of a pass blocker. Uh, I think he definitely is a little faster, but he definitely makes some sense. And my last guy uh, is David Montgomery. I know a lot of people, again, aren't really overly high on Montgomery. Montgomery kind of feels like uh, Dalvin Cook a few years ago, when Dalvin Cook was kind of that guy that a lot of people really liked at the beginning of the process, and the more they watched him and the more they kind of soured on him for whatever reason, whether they're overthinking it. The biggest knock that I've seen on David Montgomery is the fact that he doesn't really have a lot of big runs. He's not an overly explosive runner, uh, but I've seen people say that he's, you know, he's kind of got the speed of Jordan Howard. I disagree. I think he's a lot more athletic than Jordan Howard. I think he's got more burst than Jordan Howard does. He's got very good vision. He's he's a do-it-all kind of running back. He's a three-down running back. I mean, like I said, he's not going to run away from people. Uh, he does have a decent second gear, but he's somebody that when I look at him, he's a good pass blocker. He's a very good receiver. He can do it all. He's coming from Iowa State. I mean, it's a it's a, a decently translatable offense. Uh, I see a lot of Kareem Hunt with him. Maybe, like I said, maybe not quite as much of a burst, but I do think that he's got one of those guys that's going to be a little overlooked. And I think people are kind of souring on him, maybe because they've seen too much of him and he's not as dynamic. But those would be my top five guys. And I guess uh, you know I could throw in a sleeper. Rodney Anderson out of Oklahoma would be one guy that. Granted, I am an Oklahoma fan. Uh, watching him as much as I did when healthy, and that's a big issue with him. He's had multiple injuries, multiple season-ending injuries. But when he's healthy, he is hands down the best running back in this class, and it's not even that close. He's an elite receiver. I've watched him, and he doesn't – you know, you're going to look at his numbers and say, well, how can you say he's an elite receiver if he didn't really catch the ball that much? Watching him as a pass catcher – he looks like a receiver out there. He's he's Matt Forte. I mean, he has great hands. He makes some outstanding catches. He's a great runner. He's everything that you would ever look for in a runner. The biggest problem with Rodney Anderson is the fact that he can't stay healthy. So it would be kind of a gamble, kind of like a Bryce Love. So essentially we had three out of the five 
Um, yeah, that sounds about right. And I think Singletary fits yeah. in there as well. It's just kind of you start getting into those last little bit, and it's kind of more you know preference than anything. Yeah, and the thing about Montgomery, the thing I like, and man, his lower body strength. Watching him on tape, he's not easy to bring down, and, and he's quick too. Which you know, the, the forty yard dash time wasn't great, but he's a lot quicker than what he looks like. And I didn't know this, but he actually played quarterback in high school, which is kind of interesting. He was a dual threat quarterback too. Yeah, yeah, it definitely speaks to him being an athlete. That's for sure. Right, right, yeah. Uh, you know, we put this together this list and watch the Bears will end up with. Someone like Josh Jacobs or someone that we didn't even mention or list or haven't talked about in the last two or three weeks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. and I, I think we're going to maybe not in the podcast, but I know at least, you know, with, with us covering them and talking about it, I mean, we're, we're going to beat this running back class into the ground because that's really the biggest need moving into the draft. I mean, obviously we'll get in the more draft prospects over these next two, pro, you know, over these next two podcasts, but Running back's really the big focus right now, especially after they trade Jordan Howard. That that need that we all kind of saw coming all of a sudden is a pretty big need and something that they absolutely need to address probably within the first two rounds, I would say. And not even, you know, the draft, but after the draft, too. I mean, going to the training camp, that's going to be the big story. It's going to be the workloads for Tariq Cohen, Mike Davis, and whatever running back they take. Um, I, that's going to continue into the preseason. I think that's probably going to be a storyline all year long, because if, if this running back position for some reason doesn't produce this season, everyone's going to look back to that Jordan Howard trade, whether, you know, it was right or wrong. And, and I know your stance on it. You know mine. We're, we're pretty much in agreement that it was time to move on. But if things if like all hell breaks loose and things go bad, I, that running back, that trade's going to be criticized even more than what it was. Yeah, and, and I think it's one of those things, I mean – if we're if we're being honest here, and this is not a knock on Jordan Howard, but if we're being honest, I don't know how much how much worse a running game could really get. Uh, I mean, Howard, if you re- and I know this is kind of a selective thing to do, but if you take out Howard's uh, three out of his last four games, I mean, he really he was averaging was like three point four five yards a carry before those games. I, I want to say yeah, three. Five, three, six. Yeah, I mean, and, the, and that's just not good. I mean, he finished the season averaging what was it, three point seven? Yeah, the the entire year it was three point seven per game. Yeah, so and I guess that's kind of my point here is that it's like you you look at that and that's not good pr- productivity at all. And and the other thing too that's been pointed out by a few people, including one of our friends, Jane Fox, uh, on Twitter, is that in order for the Bears to be able to run their offense offense properly they have to do a lot of inside running in between the tackles and obviously they can run some outside zone stuff which is mainly what uh Tariq Cohen's gonna do but Jordan Howard 70 percent of his runs were you know between the tackles and that's where he really struggled and that's something that especially when you're looking into you know the the RPO and the different things that the the Bears try to do on offense to keep defenses on edge and try to help out Trubisky they need a running back that can run between the tackles, that can catch out of the backfield, that can do different things. And regardless of the fact, regardless of how the production goes down this year, it's one of those situations where I don't think the Bears were wrong at all to trade Jordan Howard because he simply wasn't a fit. Now it's identifying he wasn't a fit. They moved on from him. That's the first step of fixing an issue. The second step of fixing an issue, which we've seen prove difficult with the kicking situation, is you've got to actually find a replacement. So I don't think regardless of what happens, who they end up adding in the draft and what ends up happening this this coming year, 
pr- production-wise at the running back position is going to determine whether they made the right or wrong choice with Jordan Howard personally. That's just my take, though. Yeah, it's gonna it's definitely be under a microscope though, because I mean you know how I mean a lot of people love Jordan Howard here, and and, and I agree with your take. I 100% agree. Hold on, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, sorry, uh, my mic just kind of uh, dropped out there, but um, yeah, I I 100% agree with your take, and a lot of people forget uh, Cordell Patterson's gonna get some snaps back there at running back as well. He's very versatile. He can line up as a receiver, line up as a running back, and even lined up in the tight end position a couple times last season. Um, it's just going to be interesting to watch because it's just going to be no matter what the Bears do with the position, it's going to be just under a microscope. So we'll see. But Aaron, uh, that will wrap up this show. We got a lot more draft stuff to talk about in the next couple weeks. We're going to have a special guest next week. Former Bears long snapper um, Patrick Manley will join us. We're going to hope to get that Devin Singletary um, interview in before the draft. Obviously, if not selected by the Bears, we're not going to do it after the draft. Um, and then, you know, some other good stuff, too. So, Aaron, where can they follow you on Twitter at? Yeah, you can find me at Aaron Lemon NFL. And you can find me at, at Zach, Z-A-C-K underscore Pearson. You can read both of our work um, on the Bear Report. And, uh, yeah, we'll have another podcast episode next week. Thanks again. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on all major po- po- podcasting happening daily we're being conned by the institutions we used to trust the mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing american families time is short before something big happens and that's why so many folks are preparing they're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from my patriot supply go to mypatriotsupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com